0: Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair, we've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, I'm Luann Prater.
1: And I'm Tracy Eister.
0: And I love spending time with you, girlfriend, because in this cafe, we can talk about the things that are sometimes fun, sometimes hard, and sometimes are just downright important. And Tracy, today, we're going to talk about something that's downright important. I think it's important we talk about something downright important. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's my question. All right. If God owns the cattle... On a thousand hills, why in the world does he need my cow?
1: Because <laughs> my got- cow is especially precious to me, right?
0: <laughs> right, right. So maybe you've asked that question before, because I know when we do shareathons for our radio station, or when when any ministry asks for people to dig deep and give above and beyond or or even give their tithe at church, there's always people that say, well, if God wants it to be done, he's going to provide. So why do you need my money? Well, Tracy, that's mm-hmm. a very good question. Why is God asking us to dig deep and give from our heart?
1: Well, I think the, the dig deep part is um, probably what we all have a problem with because it's usually relatively easy for most of us to give up a little bit but you know all that we do for the Lord is an act of worship and even our giving is an act of worship it's us saying to God that we know that everything that we have is his mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. ours mm-hmm. and it's also when We give, and even when we give what we've heard referred to as sacrificially, or we give in a big way, we're also saying to God, Not only is this yours and I'm going to give it, Mm -hmm. I also know that you will take care of me. And if Mm -hmm. this is a need out there in the world and you've laid it on my heart, and I keep thinking, Really? you know 10 would be easier and he's saying no a 100 put a hundred dollar bill right there in that spot tracy but i'm thinking oh but 10 would be easier i have to know god has a use for that 100 yep. that 100 bill he has a use for in an obedience knowing he has a use for that and he will provide what i need But what what does Luann say? What do you say when you don't want to let go of your cow?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm thinking, I worked really hard for that cow, Lord. You know, I I think about that $100 example, and Mm -hmm. I think of my friend who, when she found out that I was um, running to my girlfriend's side when she lost her son. And Mary Kay, my prayer warrior friend, came to my house and tucked a card in my purse. And she said, I don't know why, but God, when I was praying over you and you going to minister to your girlfriend right now, he told me to to give you this card and you're not supposed to open it now. You're supposed to open it later. Mm. Well, my my girlfriend had just lost her son in a car wreck. And I got there and I stayed with them for a week and I ministered to them. Mm -hmm. And they really didn't understand Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. They didn't understand that he was a relationship God. Mm -hmm. And so through this uh, act of serving them... Uh, we found out that her two younger sons didn't have clothes to, to fit them to go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. So I went to the store and found shirts and ties for visitation and for the funeral. Mm-hmm. And I, as I'm paying for it, I saw this card and I opened it. And Tracy, it was a $100 bill. Mm. And guess how much the shirts and ties totaled? (laughs) Tell me, 99, 99 something probably. No, it was $100 to (gasps) the penny. I mean, God (sighs) knew that she was supposed to give. Wow. And she had no idea. She didn't know those people, but Mm. she knew that she was supposed to give. And Mm. I was able to tell the family, look, somebody from across the United States saw your need before you even knew you needed it and provided that's how personal
1: jesus is Uh, that is beautiful and and that helps me to think about when god does lay on my heart to do something and i don't when i do hold on and i put 10 in the envelope instead of 100 That's not what God's intention was. That wouldn't have sufficed that day. That wouldn't have been the intended blessing. So what a great word picture to all of us when God lays on our heart to place something in an envelope that he knew that envelope was gonna be in Luann's hands standing at a department store and she needed that $100 bill. And what a tangible way for that precious family to see that God loved them so much that he provided in that way. Wow.
0: Absolutely. And let me tell you, it not only blessed them, but it brought them to know Jesus in a Mm. personal way. And it also blessed Mary Kay, because when I came back, she said, tell me what God did with the 100. Tell me what he did with the 100. And I couldn't wait to tell her. And now that story lives on, and we were all blessed because we could look at a God who sees it all, and yes, he owns it all, but Mm -hmm. if she hadn't done what God told her to do, she would not have received the blessing, nor would I, but Mm -hmm. God would have shown up for that family. We're talking today about God owning it all, and he asked us to participate. Well, if you're joining us right now, you know that Tracy and I are talking about one of those topics that's not always easy to talk about. We love to talk about love and <laughs> friendship and feelings, but but sometimes we don't want people to get into our finances right we don't want we don't want anybody being nosing in our business and we we even hesitate to let anybody know what's going on but when we are obedient tracy Hmm. when we are obedient with our money how does that make us understand god
1: it's interesting my family and i made a trip to Rwanda. In 2009, it was my husband and our two teenagers. We went to Rwanda and served. And probably our biggest takeaway from going there is the people of Rwanda that we met who loved Jesus had such joy even when they didn't have lots of stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember having a discussion with the kids when we came home, and they just talked about the fact that so much of what we consider as blessings being things that we have acquired and stuff that we have we kind of can see those as blessings and they talked about how really our blessings kind of seem like a trap because then you have the stuff that you have and you have to take care of it and then you want more stuff so then you do more work so that you have more money so that you get more stuff. And then they saw the flip side of that. They saw these families that they met and that we spent time with in Rwanda that had so little but yet they were filled with such joy and it was like they were unburdened. And so one way that we can see giving as a blessing is understanding that sometimes the monetary things or the um, stuff that we have at home, they really kind of bind us down. Mm -hmm. And we know that the word of God is intended to bring us the most joy that we can have on this planet and the most freedom that we can have on this planet. And you gotta just think... That God knows that when we are focused too much on our money and our stuff, it really starts to bind us. And if mm. we cannot be focused on it and recognize it's all his, and if we can give and give and give and out give, that then we could have that joy not only from knowing we're blessing someone, but we're unburdening ourselves. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really sounds simplistic, but when you think about it, it's deep.
0: It is, and that's what Ecclesiastes 5.10 tells us. Anybody that has money and loves money, loves money, never has money enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what you're saying. Sometimes we we feel like, well, when we have this much, then we're going to be just fine. We're always looking into the future of, oh, if I just had a raise this year, if I just had that new car, if I just had, then life would be great <laughs> and life would be grand. And that's not the way it works. And that's exactly what you're saying. Just yeah. the opposite of that.
1: All right. I'm thinking of and it's case. Ecclesiastes, isn't it, where it says better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. Mm. And that's it right there. If you have one little handful of what you need and then you're able to be tranquil and lighthearted and joy-filled or you can go for those two handfuls and it is going to be toil and bind you up so if we can all look at giving as a way to unbind ourselves Mm -hmm. I mean isn't that a great way to picture it recognizing that the less stuff I have the less bound up I am so what Uh, God wants to give us that blessing
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I love that analogy of your two hands being full. When you have two full hands of your own stuff, you don't have an empty hand to accept the things that God wants to give you Mm -hmm. back. He wants to bless you. He wants to pour out to you things that you will never be able to receive until you're willing to let go of what you're clinging to. Amen. Okay, Good so stuff. we're talking about something that's tough today. It's all about your money, honey. <laughs> and, and God wants you to know there is a reason he wants you to give. Well, our, our heart is so easily captured by so many different things. And Tracy and I are talking today about money and how often it captures our heart. And when that happens, we have lost complete sight of how temporal it is. Money is only for a season. Sometimes you'll have it, but you will never have enough in the eyes of the world. I mean, you can look around anyone. Anywhere you go, there's always going to be somebody who has more there's always gonna be a Jones that pulls up in a new car or buys a new house, and there's always gonna be somebody with a nice new outfit. You will never be able to have enough if you are letting your heart be captured by money.
1: I agree 100%, and I know that for um, children, if if we sort of um, model for our children that the things of the world are what matters. I feel like they then lose lose out on understanding that it's the relationships in the world that matters, and and one analogy that I can think of. I just noticed in general that we are not nearly as hospitable as we used to be. Mm. I mean, I can remember as a kid, we were constantly going to people's homes and visiting and having people over to our home to visit. And sometimes I think that um, looking over at the Joneses and what their ho- house looks like and what automobile they're driving, it sometimes prevents us from building relationships with people because we start wondering about, you know, does my home look nice enough? Am I gonna serve a nice enough meal? and really it's not about that it's about the relationship and it's about um, spending time with people And I know my kids laugh at me, because whenever somebody is coming over, you know, mom gets into the, we have to clean, we have to make everything look nice. And they're like, "Well, how do you always do that? And I'm like, well, I I at least want it to be clean. And I want it to look nice. And but I came up with because my children did convict me a little bit. I came up with this thing that I say where I'm like, you know what, they're not here to see my house. They're here to see me. So I try not to get so wrapped up in that. But my goodness, when I go to somebody else's house, I'm not grading them on the quality of the China that's set on the table. I just want to have fun with people. So, if if that wanting to keep up with the Joneses is keeping others from opening up their homes, that might not be directly related to money, but I think that it is because mm-hmm. you want to have people over and have fellowship and have fun and not get tied up worrying about serving the best meal. Just serve a good home cooked meal and enjoy each other's company. Are you begging what I'm raking, Luann? Are you getting I, what I'm trying to say? <laughs>
0: I've never heard it put that way. (laughs) Tracy, I love your little, your little quips like that, bagging what I'm raking. Well, I am. And what, what it makes me remember, you've made me walk down memory lane. Oh, good. Because, because when my mom and dad, uh, all there were five kids. And when my mom and dad had their siblings over or their friends over from church and they would play games, you know, they would, Mm -hmm. they would get the board games out or whatever. I remember my mom made homemade bread. I mean, she did it because we were poor. And so she made everything. And she would get out some of her homemade bread, slice it up, and toast it in the oven like on cookie sheets. And that's and she would stack it up uh, all over the table and and put butter on it. And instead of chips, mm-hmm. everybody had toast. But it was homemade bread toast. And it was amazing. And to this day, whenever I smell home-baked bread... <laughs> It takes me back to all the fun that families had because you didn't have to have money. Right. You just had to have the, the willingness to say, yeah, let's get together. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Right. It doesn't matter if you, what kind of car you drive or what kind of house you live in or if someone has cleaned your home for you or not. <laughs> it just matters that you want to share what God has given you and that Tracy is what we are talking about in the cafe today we're talking about sharing what God has given you with those around you God has given us all a certain amount of money and he says how you gonna do with that one I will never forget when we went to Ecuador with compassion international and there was a young man there who went through the compassion program and now he is sponsoring compassion kids and is now a teacher back in his home village. And we said, Jonathan, why did you choose that? You, you went to college. You could have gone anywhere. And he said, because someday I am going to stand in front of God and he is going to say, Jonathan, what did you do with what I gave you? Tracy, that convicted my heart mm. because we all are given so much by God. Maybe we're not given as much as the Joneses, but we are definitely given more than those kids that are struggling to find food in Ecuador or in Rwanda. We have more than enough. And God hands us that money, his cattle, his cow on the, on the Thousand Hills. He hands each one of us a cow and says, what are you gonna do with what I gave you? We have to remember money is temporal, but the things that matter are exactly what you said and what you pointed out. It's all about the relationship.
1: When we were in Rwanda, we were invited to a family's home for dinner, and I remember the sweetest moment of being invited to that home was before dinner when we had to wash our hands. And that precious man and woman of the house went around all of us sitting on their couches and with a basin and a pitcher and a towel and we washed our hands right there in front of them because Mm. they couldn't afford a bathroom. Mm. But that moment spoke so much to me about
0: what it really matters in someone's home. Mm. It's how you treat them. Tracy and I are gathered around the table today talking about a subject that really is tough. I'm just going to be flat honest with you. People do not want to talk about their money. They can talk about grace. They can talk about love. They can talk about all the other things. But when you start dipping into their pocket or their bank book, then they go, whoa, whoa, back off there, baby. That's mine. (laughs) That's mine. You know, they're like a two-year-old. Mine, mine, mine. Well, we need to wake up and see how we're teaching the next generation to be generous. It's so critical for us to open our eyes and say, you know, I can say I'm a Christian, but are my children watching me model it? Do my grandchildren see me being generous with others. And how important is that, Tracy?
1: I remember being told by, it was probably a pastor in a sermon, that one of the ways you know if you're hearing God's heart on what you do with your pocketbook is to flip through your checkbook mm. and to just notice, you know, how many checks are being written for this, that, and the other. I guess nowadays we'd have to look at our online banking account and and just notice, where is it that our funds are going? And we've all probably read the story in the Bible where the rich young ruler was so excited about Jesus and ran to Jesus and wanted to know what he could do to be a part of what Jesus was doing. And Jesus told him he had to walk away from all of his stuff and he considered it. I know I've had a picture in my mind of what that must have looked like, This, this guy. All excited, probably was really well-known in his community because he had money, and he's thinking, I want to be a part of what is going on with Jesus. And Jesus said that, and it says he hung his head in despair and just kind of walked away. And you have to wonder... If you internalize that, or you turn a mirror and you look at yourself, how many times have you been a want to be a part of something that God is doing, and you're excited and you've, you're fired up? Something you've heard at church or something you heard on the radio, and you're thinking, "I want to be a part of that." And then you get this little conviction in your heart. Open up your pocketbook and write out a check, and you hang your head and you think, oh, "Well, I don't want to do that," and you've just missed out on the blessing.
0: Hmm. Oh, so true so true we need to see how God works and I think that telling the stories that you and I have both experienced if you are obedient with your money and you watch what God does with it and then you watch how he blesses your life because of it if we turn around and tell those stories and we allow our children and our grandchildren and our neighbors and our kids at church to be a part of that it is so exciting to watch them get into it and go oh that's what you mean because we can we can talk about it all day long but until they see us model it and then they see the results of it they don't get it sometimes it just doesn't click in their mind so it's really vital that we step out and go Oh, it's so much more. And if you walk away from opportunities and you walk away from being obedient with God in your finances, it's hard to do anything else with God. He wants it all. And He is not saying He's going to make you poor, Tracy. Mm. He's saying, I want your obedience. I want your obedience in the way that you act, the way that you study the way that you parent, the way that you handle your finances, the way that you worship. I want 100% because when you give me 100%, I am going to show you what I'm made of and how I pour blessings back into your life.
1: And the great thing is once you start to recognize that you don't want money to rule you and you're very open handed with your money, there's such joy and freedom and peace in that. Mm -hmm. And so I think if it's an area where one struggles, they can't even understand the peace that can come from it on the other side. Because if it's something you're struggling with, then you're holding on a little tight, and so you can't imagine being on the other side of it. But the encouraging part is once you do say, okay, if Luann and Tracy are saying it's really okay for me to let go in this area and maybe give in ways I haven't done before, it's like any other muscle. The more you use it, the the easier it is to use that muscle. So even the giving muscle, the more you give, the more joy you have in giving and the less bound up you feel and it's really fun i mean it really oh. starts being fun and then your children <laughs> see that it's fun and they get that it's fun and especially when you bless people and they don't know it when you just find little secretive ways to give people and they never know where it came from it's just like mm-hmm. oh my gosh god did that i don't even know how god did that cuz then it's not about you getting the credit it's just about joy and doing what god's told you to do but you know what i'm saying you're not in me you know what i'm saying <laughs>
0: I do know what you're saying because it's almost addictive. And and you're kind of like sitting on the sidelines going, "Wow, look yeah. at what you just did." Oh. And I got to at least be on the sidelines watching and cheering you on, God. Then you go, "Can we do it again? Can right. we do it again?" <laughs> I mean, it is it is freeing, Tracy, and it does bring more joy than you can imagine. So girlfriend, if you are hearing this today, it's not by accident. You know that's how our God works. He said, I want you to look at your bank book, look at your finances, and I want you to be obedient. God does own the cattle on a thousand hills, but baby girl, he wants your cow. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at EncouragementCafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time.